simply enjoyed the process. I think when you enjoy what you do, and it's a never-ending process. There's no end goal to having the Meet My Potential podcast. There's no end goal to the Samskara magazine. There's nothing. There's no end point to reach. It's just about writing the best, having the best thought leaderships out there, serving the people. This is Inspire Someone Today. Welcome back to the penultimate episode of 2021. Joining me is an executive coach sharing reflections of 2021, the intricacies of executive coaching, and what does it take to lead a life of harmony. Deepa Netarjan helps professionals leave a legacy to structure strategy and purposeful vision. What she calls achieving success with ease. It's with great joy. I welcome Deepan Atarajan to inspire someone today. Deepa, finally we made it. Exactly. It's been almost a six-month long discussion having met you. And finally to be here, I'm really thrilled to have this conversation with you, Shrikant. Six months long journey to get you onto the show. So I'm sure our audience are in for a treat today. I hope so. <laughs> so Deepa, like I said at the beginning, this is the last but one show for the year. What a year it has been. We are at the cusp of this eventful year. Life before and after COVID. What has been your reflection moments, Deepa? Quite a few of them. I think the first moment of reflection is now, actually, when you ask me that question, what a year has it been? Uh, I'm wondering for listeners who are thinking, what a year has it been? I think one of the first things you might say is, oh my God, the year went by so fast, so quickly. Uh, I remember the beginning of the year, thinking about COVID, what's going to be present, what's not going to be present, how is life going to turn out? And here we are at the end of the year. So I think the four words that rhyme, uh, that go with me today is too fast or too slow. Too fast doing the things, getting caught up in the hamster wheel, or too slow because I'm just not getting to do the things that I really want to do and I'm missing those out. So the question really is, where's my focus? Where's my attention going? Am I being strategic? Am I being purposeful in how I am living? That's a good start to am I being strategic? Am I being purposeful? To the fact that you are an executive coach helping professionals to leave a legacy. How did you end up taking this occasion? <laughs> what were the contours to it? <laughs> you know, uh, thinking back, it's so easy to connect the dots. Uh, and we can't do that thinking forward about the future, like where we're we going to end up and what are those dots that I need to connect right now. But as I look back now and I think and I connect the dots, it was kind of evident, I would say. Mm -hmm. And rather like, what were the big dots? What was like the tipping point? I'm going to talk about that. There were many small dots that led me to becoming an executive coach, focusing my life and my attention on coaching and serving people because this is my passion. This is what I love doing every single day. I wake up for it like nothing can stop me doing that. I think the tipping point was working in an organization where I felt was my potential was completely underutilized or I wasn't living my potential. We go to work striving, looking for opportunities to contribute, looking for opportunities to serve at the end of the day. And when we can't serve, then we feel stuck. We feel stagnated. And we start questioning our sense of identity as to who are we? What am I doing over here? And for me, that was the main tipping point. I remember walking into 
the company that I was working in one fine day. And I was pushing through the door and walking down the hallway. And it's a very strange metaphor. I saw people sitting in toilet seats. And then I saw myself sweating. And I immediately rushed to the restroom and I washed my face. And I realized that the extent to which I felt stuck and stagnated was actually impacting my physical body. That is the anxiety and that stuckness was in my body, that my body was sweating and my body, my, I was hallucinating. And that's when I said, this is not good for me because one thing is persistence and resilience that I have. And my persistence and resilience was not serving me to call it quit. And that leads to another tenet, particularly in the line of business that you are in helping people to unleash their own uh, potential, is getting people to change. Why is change hard? <laughs> well, it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very big question. And then at the same time, I'll try and give you a very simple answer. One of the things is like my father was working uh, for a government uh, service and we used to move and change houses almost every two years. I studied in five to six different schools in my childhood, changed houses every time. So, which actually means that change came about very easily. You don't think about it too much and you just adapt very, very quickly. And then here comes in adulthood. Suddenly you're looking for some kind of stability and security and change gets hard because we have certain assumptions and beliefs of what is stability, what is security, what was get us the success that we want. A very simple thing like you want to go to the gym, you sign up, you pay the money, you know how to get there, but it just gets hard going there. There's so many things that limit us. One of the things that limited me uh, in making that systematic commitment was that what if I'm not at home for my daughter when she comes back from school? What if I'm not the one who's cooking and taking care of my family? What if I take off during working time? Am I losing out on business meeting? And if I, am I losing out on family time? If I take time out for myself. And so all of these things we can logically answer with yes or no. That's not true. Um, my daughter's not going to dislike me and not going to say that you're a bad mom. And at the same time, I'm not going to lose business if I move away for one hour during the day. And at the same time, these fears are coded in our body. And it's the same thing for something bigger. I can give you an example of an organization, of a team, how that functions. For instance, if a team decides to be proactive, it automatically means that they're not responding, they're not being reactive to some of the fires fighting incidents that are happening within the organization. And so what is the reputation? What kind of escalations are going to happen? How do I manage that? Uh, how am I able to say no? Put my boundaries there uh, in order to have my time to be proactive. These are all like fears that are also present within the system, within a team, within a group of set of people. And that's that culture that gets formed. So it's almost actually, it means decoding the culture or decoding some habits, like unwinding some habits, which means that we need to rewire the way into new patterns and new habits. And that rewiring requires a whole lot of other uh, dimensions that we can talk about later on. That's the whole gist about like why change is hard. Mm -hmm. So the rewiring is something that makes change that much more hard. And you have been in this space of helping people to unleash their potential in the transformative journey of their own self as well as professional. Anything that comes to your mind as key observations 
having watched people grow in front of your own eyes that's fabulous it's very rewarding it's extremely rewarding <laughs> it's extremely rewarding when clients come back to you uh and tell you about how the kind of exponential growth and impact they've had just because you asked them the right questions you brought in a struct some structured frameworks the results and the rewards are just phenomenal and change does not have to be hard and you can achieve success with ease and that's my whole premise you just need the right ingredients in place and it is possible nothing is impossible nothing is impossible and is there some kind of a secret sauce between people who accomplish success success is just not the materialistic success right success can be achieving something that they feel they want which is very very near and dear to them vis-a-vis people who would not get to that point are, are there any specific routines or any specific languages that you kind of see okay this is what differentiates between an achievers and not people who don't get to achieve what they aspire for one of the biggest biggest differences that i see is you can make it out in the language and at the same time before making it out in the language the biggest difference is is the person ready to look at themselves question themselves and change their paradigms that's the number one awareness and a lot of people say i don't want to know my patterns i don't want to know where i could be wrong so uh, the number one premise is if you can't see where you are wrong and if you don't want to see what kind of patterns you are repeating then it's not going to be easy to make change it's a hard struggle and this is where change can be made easy if number one that premise is present so how do you notice that in the language in the language you'll often see people saying oh and i achieved this and i achieved this and i got here so i can't be wrong like there's nothing i need to change it's the system out there it's the situation out there and these are some initial things that people come into the coaching session and say hey my situation is like this my family situation is like this my work environment is like this i have all of these constraints we all have constraints we all have situations but what makes one person succeed with ease and not another is that the person is willing to revisit their situation the person is willing to challenge their own paradigms and look at them and take help uh rather than say i'm going to solve all of this by myself because that's just how it's been up until now because most successful people have done it on their own and very often successful people find themselves at the top in pretty lonely places where not many people to have a sounding board to talk to so there's also this question of who can i trust who can i talk to can i have somebody to challenge me and finding that right person to talk to and be challenged that's the second element and the third element that's necessary is be willing to be vulnerable be willing and courageous to experiment and shift things little by little the biggest factor here is wanting to play it safe can i be great by playing a safe game not possible there's no safe way to be great so there is no easy way to success absolutely and the fourth point that i re- always mention and talk about is you can't make the changes alone you need your ecosystem also to shift with you 
So if you want to establish a particular change, be it a very simple change in routine, like your morning routine, or something as big as I want my organization, I want my department to be proactive, I want them to be more innovative. It requires that you change, that people around you are also changing with you, and that your relationships with them, your relationships with the ecosystem, with your customers, with your suppliers, everything needs to change for the system itself to change. So change does not happen in isolation. So it's really how do you manage those relationships in your ecosystem to change along with you? So it takes a village to raise the child. So you kind of get the tribe to help you to manage whatever you want to accomplish. Is that what you're kind of alluding to? Exactly. And that responsibility to move the tribe is with you. The tribe may change or may not change. Your ecosystem, your suppliers, your customers may change, may not change. But it's up to you to start moving that needle and look at your own areas of influence. So in a way, what you're saying is one of the drivers for you to achieve success or get to your goal is to enlist your ecosystem. Get the help from the tribe for you to succeed. Exactly. Train other people to help you to succeed. And I'm going to repeat that because very few of us train other people to support us. Leave alone asking for help as a first step. Uh, I'm saying, tell other people how you want to be helped. That's a very interesting uh, analogy there. <clears throat> Any specific example that you want to share now that uh, we are at the cusp of this year? lot of the folks are out there thinking about plans, goals for the next year. If they want to increase the success rate of those goals, how can they take on this particular approach and uh, be successful at it? I think the number one thing, like I'm going to pick up on the word goal, and I want to disagree there. I think the number one mistake we do year on year is to set new goals. I've been a victim of that. And it's not about setting goals, especially for highly driven people. Highly driven people, you set a goal, they'll go and they'll achieve it and they'll say, oh yeah, I did that and I did more than that. And that's easy. Uh, we've got a lot of motivation, we've got a lot of determination and the willpower and we'll go do it. And that's how most highly driven people are. So it's not about setting goals. It's really about, and it's not about like, is it a three-year goal? Is it a five-year goal? The first step is to say, define why do you do what do you do? And I'm not a psychologist. And at the same time, analyzing our past, analyzing how our experiences, how our education, how people around us have shaped us, how experiences have told us to think in a certain way and act in a certain way. All of those things become very key because that defines almost the fire in the belly, the why. Why do we do what do we do? And then the second step is defining what is the cause that I am ready to give my life for? And that cause is not an attainable goal. That cause is a bigger sense of purpose as to why am I here? What's that cause that I'm going for? So let's say, for example, someone wants to set up an NGO for handicapped people. He or she does not have to have a past experience that says that, uh, oh, this person in my family was affected and therefore I'm I have a vested cause to go towards this. You can find a cause that attracts you and give your life to that. But you need to connect the dots between the cause and the why you do and your why. That is the why that has shaped you 
to become who you are. And once you connect these dots between the cause, the bigger cause that you are here for, then it becomes easier to set finite goals, six months, one year, two years, three years. And that's the whole process of going about goals because then you have got the fire in the belly and you've also got something aligned to something bigger. And when you're aligned to something bigger, it gets much easier to assimilate people, to assimilate situations, to make sure that everything falls in place. And in that way, change also becomes easier. Yes and no, because in that way, change does get easier. Yes, because you know what's the Everest that you're climbing, Hmm. right? You see that and you know that you're never going to reach that perhaps. So it's not a goal. It's, It's like a cause that I'm willing to die for and I know I'm ready to go for that. And then it gets easier to set the goals and go towards it. And at the same time, yes, it's true that your patterns, your assumptions, that's been pulling you in the opposite direction is going to come back. So let me give you an example. I moved to France. One of the reasons for choosing this country, (laughs) moving here, was because of the vacation system. I was just very fascinated by the work-life balance that French people have. As an Indian who was working like 14 hours in an IT company in India, I was very fascinated to have this work-life balance. And that's why I found a job here and I moved here. But guess what happened? I went for my first vacation with my husband and the kids and four days into the vacation, it was, I think, an eight days vacation. Four days into the vacation, I told my husband, I have a lot of work. I need to go back. I'm really worried. I'm really anxious. And I took the train and I came back. And I was actually shocked. I was actually shocked because I couldn't stay there and I couldn't see myself uh, sitting on the beach for eight full days and doing nothing. My whole body and my whole system was tuned to hard work, hard work, hard work. And I think a lot of Indians, all of us can recognize this. And that's the the good education that I got is like, work hard and you'll get everything you want in life. Uh, And of course, a lot of things came easy in life because I worked hard. But that notion of hard work was ingrained in my body. Like, so even though my mind wanted to be on vacation, that's exactly the reason why I moved to France. Something else was taking me away from what I actually wanted. So even when you want something very badly, your system can take you away from it. And this is why understanding what, how am I putting the brakes into accelerating my own growth becomes important. And that's why I said uh, before, the number one thing is awareness and asking myself the question, where could I be wrong? So we'll flip into getting to know the other side of Deepak. This is called as the power of three round. Three people Deepak would like to have dinner with. Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, and Obama. Wonderful list. Three routines that has helped Deepa to be the person that she is today. Think positive. Every morning I wake up and I ask myself, what's the wonderful thing that's going to happen today? My, my yoga, my meditation mat, <laughs> my meditation cushion. You won't believe it. Shower. A shower gives me all the ideas. <laughs> and walking in the nature. Love walking in the nature. I think these are things that I can't live without. Nice routines. Three coaching lessons that Deepa has learned from her coaches. Gratitude. Every time I hear stories, I realize how grateful I am for the life that I have and for everything that I've been blessed with. Think every time I come out of a coaching session, I come out with much more gratitude than ever before. I come out with a lot of optimism. When I see my clients 
going through difficult situations, challenging paradigms within their own mindset, I come out with a lot more optimism and hope for the world, that the world is getting to become a better place. Because every time you grow somebody, you know that you've planted a seed for growth. I would say the third gift is every time I finish my session of coaching, I know I need some space for silence myself. And that actually pushes me to go for a walk. So in fact, the more coaching I do, the more I go for a walk. So <laughs> you know, it takes care of your physical well-being as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Three books or TED Talks that Deepa would recommend to all the listeners. Brenny Brown's book on Dare to Lead, Positive Intelligence by Shizad Shamin. And it's an, it's not a coaching book, but I love this book, The Bridges of Madison County. It's a romantic book, but it's a, and it's a book on, uh, it's a book on hope. It's a book on dreams. I love that book. And as we are looking into the new year, 2022, three goals that Deepa would want to accomplish in 2022. And I dare say goals when you said goals is not the way to look at it. So I would say three things on your bucket list that Deepa would want to accomplish in 2022. So I'm making a public commitment here. In 2022, I want to be working as a digital nomad for two months. And I want to take 50 people, a small group of, yeah, select 50 people for the year through my coaching program. And as always, I aspire to be fitter than I am today. Thank you so much for being a sport. That was the power of the round. So moving back, one of the things that really intrigued me into your work, Deepa, was your flagship Rethink Leadership. What is Rethink Leadership? And more specifically, the phrase that you use, which is achieving success in harmony. So tell me a bit about it. Rethink Leadership is all about we looking at different polarities. I'm someone who's biased for action. I'm someone who believes that if I take the right action, if I take the right steps, I'll get to my goals, I'll get to my destination. More often than that, we all know the power of stillness. We attribute the power of stillness to meditation, to yoga, but that's not it. It's about how do I hold my bias for action? How do I hold stillness together to serve me to move forward in harmony without being in conflict with myself. Harmony is about not external harmony. It's about the internal harmony, the internal mind chatter. We are the biggest critique of ourselves. And therefore, getting to our goals with ease is the most important. And when you actually create a system around you, which is collectively responsible, which has that notion of collective responsibility, focuses on co-creation, and there is a sense of connection through presence, understanding each other's emotions. What happens is my need to be focused on the future, to get to my goals in connection with people around me, with that sense of collective responsibility, just brings a whole lot of ease. So there's a whole model that I have as to how we can achieve that success with ease. And I can put the link, I can send you the links and share the links with the people. Whoever wants can go and have a look at uh, this model and understand 
how one can achieve success with peace and harmony on that it's great to know that you can create harmony in yourself not everybody can go to a coaching conversation and get to find the answers from that standpoint if there are some simple practices that people can take on what would those practices that one can do in order to get to that point of having that internal coherence internal harmony it's a very simple practice and it's an age old practice i would invite people to journal and i would invite people to journal especially at night just before bedtime so keep your journal and your pen right next to you at, and write down in your journal how did you experience your day and it's not about writing down what you did in the day it's more about what was your experience how did you live it how did you perceive it and then the questions that we have the things that remained unsolved like just put that down it's a mystery to me that i'm not able to get out of this situation please help me but just putting that on the journal allows for our minds to actually take the problem and put it aside and our minds get refreshed the next day morning and that's how i wake up the next day morning and i say oh what a wonderful day it's going to be what am i going to do today so that fuels the optimism for the next day absolutely and somehow answers will come to you and you might call this woohoo like where is this based on science uh, and at the same time when you put pen to paper something that happens in that transaction where you put down your thoughts you start to actually see your own unconscious thoughts come to the surface and so when your unconscious thoughts come to your surface it becomes more easier to make the changes because you're no more battling at a conscious level when things come up and surface it just becomes more evident as to why you're struggling and why and, and then you can do something about it so there you go the easiest tip to find harmony is get into journaling every night and uh, is that similar to reflections or is reflection different and uh, journaling different reflection is more about a particular topic if i get that right whereas journaling is pouring one's heart out and when you start journaling you don't know what you're going to write and you end up writing and you go like oh did i write that <laughs> okay it's more free flowing exactly so related to your rethink leadership one is achieving harmony the other element is leadership circle what is it and how does it help individuals to kind of figure out their way forward i love the leadership circle tool i was first certified in leadership circle in 2016 and ever since i think i have used leadership circle in almost all the coaching uh with all my coaching clients so the leadership circle is a 360 degree feedback and it's a 360 degree feedback on a leadership model based on adult development theory and therefore you get feedback you very quickly see how other people see you in terms of how you go about achieving results in terms of how you relate to people in terms of your own level of authenticity but not only in terms of the creative structure you also get to see the reactive tendencies of a person so when i talk about reactive tendencies we all have the three basic reactive tendencies one is controlling nature the nature to protect ourselves and the nature to conform and please so these three reactive structures we started to use them as we started growing up as a way of 
protecting ourselves as a way of defining our own sense of identity and finding a place for ourselves in the society. We found that if I control and achieve, then I am my results and I will, that's my whole sense of identity is based on my results or my sense of identity is based on my expertise or my sense of identity is based on the relationships that I have in terms of conforming and pleasing. But as we grow up into adulthood and we start authoring our own lives, we don't need these reactive structures because they pull us down. They become too heavy. So how can I let go of these roots that are not serving me anymore? There are lots of gifts in the reactive tendencies. And at the same time, there are uh, notions of the reactive tendencies that don't serve us anymore. So it also, the leadership circle not only points us to what kind of sustainable systems I am developing around me in the organize, in my organization, but also gives us a structure of the mind as to how I am looking at being creative in my organization. It's a fabulous tool. And you are actually evaluated against the, I think, 1 million people. So you're placed on a percentile scale against the 1 million people who have done the leadership circle assessment. So it's in fact, it's something like, you know, if you do your leadership circle assessment, it's putting yourself in a room full of people who have done, of great leaders from Fortune 500 companies who have done the assessment. And so you're kind of assessed on a percentile scale along with them. That's a nice navigation map to have for oneself. Absolutely. It's a, you put it in the right words. It's a nice navigation map. You can keep come back. You can keep coming back to it because it's just one simple circle that you can see how my reactive tendencies are influencing my nature, my ability to create a, uh, a system that is sustainable, my ability to be strategic and purposeful. You can see all of that in just one simple circle and you can see which dimensions do I need to move around in order to get to my destination or take my organization to the next level. Nice. So Deepa, along with all of these things, you are also in a podcaster. You have this wonderful newsletter, Samskara, that you dole out. If I were to ask you what has been your key lessons learned or takeaways doing both of this, what would that be? I've just simply enjoyed the process. I think when you enjoy what you do, and it's a never-ending process. There's no end goal to having the Meet My Potential podcast. There's no end goal to the Samskara magazine. There's nothing, there's no end point to reach. It's just about writing the best, having the best thought leaderships out there, serving the people. It's a gift for me to be able to gift this to people. So very true. I think that's a great message in itself that sometimes the tasks that you take, the things that you do, you don't have to necessarily have an objective attached to it every time. Just do it for the fun of doing it, for the joy of doing it, for the joy of giving it back. Exactly. Exactly. It's a gift to be able to give somebody, right? <laughs> exactly like how you do. Yes. Talking about it, this show is all about creating ripples of inspiration. That's why it's inspired someone today. If Deepa were to have an inspire someone today message to all the listeners out here, what's Deepa's inspire someone today message? Take time to be silent with yourself. Take time to be silent with yourself. Cannot be better time than now because we are at the cusp of the new year. Lot of time to kind of reflect, journal and all the good things that Deepa just shared on this uh, particular podcast. Deepa, thank you so much for taking time and sharing your insights and sharing your journey with me and my listeners. 
Thank you so much for having me here, Shrikant. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspire someone today podcast at the rate gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what to listen, feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle at the rate inspire someone today podcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikanth, your host, signing off. And until next time, keep inspiring.